It didn't feel personal, but it felt like Kevin took it personally. Is, is that how you kind of assess that? Yeah, and that's kind of how Kevin takes anything, unless you're praising him and pushing him up. I wasn't trying to uh, in any way belittle him. Uh, I think he's a very talented player. Uh, he's shown that by, you know, he's an MVP. Uh, he has two finals MVPs. But still, the question that I answered was based on him and LeBron's converse. Looking for Morris now, it is Jackson right wing, moves to his left, one to shoot, put it up with the left hand off the window and put it in at the horn. Reggie Jackson, Mr. June, delivers again. George knocks it away and Jackson claims it. Here it comes left to right. Jackson down the right alley, to the rim, slams with a right hand. Reggie Jackson takes flight again and the Clippers go back up by 12. Phoenix Suns Arena is silent. The first one from George. It's good. A new playoff career high for Paul George. 40 points in a must-win game on the road. You know, they came out. They punched us in the face to start the game. And um, I think we showed it at, at spots tonight and certain times. But, you know, they're, they're not going to go away easily. So, you know, we have to be locked in, you know, from beginning to end. Uh, the first clip there was uh, Scottie Pippen to Dan Patrick and about the whole Kevin Durant uh, uh, comments. Uh do we care what Scottie Pippen has to say anymore? He's, he's saying got a lot. Of a lot. He's got a lot of opinions. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And why do you keep people asking him? Oh, I guess because he has opinions and he might say something that, you know, gets a thousand tweets or, you know, a bunch of listeners. But every time to- Scottie Pippen talks now, it's like, eh, now he's on Durant about, you know, what, being sensitive? Or, I mean, this just in, he's a sensitive guy. We, we've we actually said in the past, I think Kevin Durant might be the most sensitive, greatest player ever. Like, like what, top was he top 10 all time? I mean, he's an incredible I'm, player, but with the burner accounts of stuff, dude, you're Kevin Durant. Why are you always worried about stuff? It's He's, uh, this is, I, I can't remember who would always say it, but it's like he's the definition of a millennial athlete. And as a millennial, I'm like, kind of like, that's a little fair. He's a, yeah. he's a very, but at the same time, there's a but lot of guys. Time, that, I don't want to hear Scotty Pippen talk. Yeah, well, there's also a lot of guys that are like, just like, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do. Some of you guys are going to like me. Some of you guys aren't. Uh, I'll, I'll hang out with the people that do like me, and I'll try to improve yeah. myself. I mean, where if, Kevin Durant's like, you yeah. know, had he, had you, you know, you can just keep talking, and I mean, I'll, uh, I'll keep playing. Yeah, if so, you're Kevin Durant, I mean, this just in, you should have learned a long time ago, 50-50. I tell you that all the time as, as a columnist. Well, sometimes the hate's 90-10, but at least there's hate. At least there's some kind of reaction. Like, you, the worst thing you want— I've said often is like if I write a column and get no reaction, no tweets, no emails, like, well, I screwed the job that day. I mean, I, I didn't do my job because no one had a reaction to my opinion. I mean, people still don't get it, but it's like you'd rather have nine like hate emails. Like, well, at least you read it. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, for, thanks for reading. That's, pre- that's mostly when I get like the hate emails. It's the automatic reply. Thanks for reading. We appreciate your support. The, the, what are you going to say? I mean, that's my favorite thing to do on Twitter is if <laughs> somebody's just like you, you suck. You're a bleep hole. It's just like. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. I, well, I we really support, appreciate yeah, exactly, that. Exactly. And it's hard to counter that because when I say that about thanks for reading, we appreciate the support, it's hard to come back and say, well, I didn't read it. So of course you did because you just wrote me a 9,000-word email about how much you hate me. So I, <laughs> I, but if you didn't read it, this is all on you. You read, if you only read the headline and you came up with this with nine thousand words, and I feel bad for you. The, those high school, those high school essay questions must yes. have been a real doozy exactly. for you. Get yourself the Dairy Queen out of Green Valley. Uh, Want to talk a little Ben Simmons the here? This is interesting. Dairy Queen drama. <laughs> I 
I cannot believe the tweets and texts that have that have been created off us finally determining that Green Valley High has a Dairy Queen in the essentially lot. in the parking lot. Um, Philadelphia seventy right. sixers Ben Simmons informed the Australian Olympic basketball team he will not participate in the Tokyo Games. Uh, coach, uh, the head coach in, of Australia said, "We understand and support his decision. The best thing for everybody is for him to go on and develop that skill package and improve a couple areas. Well, we know which one he should for his next NBA season. But the Boomers are always here for him. We wanted him to know that in his time of need, the culture and the guys are behind and support him. So I guess the culture, you know, within Australia is behind Ben Simmons who can't shoot a free throw. I, I don't know. I mean, good for them. I mean, good for the Boomers. I mean." <laughs> Who is that? Delhi? I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's, I guess it's the Boomers. Uh, yo, Delhi, your guy's gonna. Be, he's got to be on it. He's probably the star. No, it's um. Uh, who's the guy? Man, I, I've always there's always guys on the Olympic team that I'm like, who would be a? Why ben's, can't you play like this when you yeah. were in the league? Who am I missing? At Ed Green in Twitter. If it's not Ben Simmons, if Delhi's not the star of that Australian, is the Longley kid still around? That guy must be sixty by now. <laughs> Luke Longley, remember that kid from New Mexico? New New Mexico at one point like seemed to like recruit every Australian guy in the world. Like for whatever reason, they all thought pipeline. Yeah, well, it's one of those things. Where, <laughs> I forget the player. Uh, someone will remember this when Steve McLean was at Wyoming, and he'd get like these like big time players. And yeah, you know, no offense out there if you're listening, but I'm like, uh, how these guys get into Laramie? And the joke was, well, you know, I, I forget the guard. He was a guard from Chicago, really good player. And it's like, well, the joke was, well, they brought the kid in at night. He couldn't really see. <laughs> they got the commitment before, like, the sun came out. So the kid looked around and said, I don't know about this. Same with the uh, – uh, we're losing we're losing people as I speak now on, on these cities. But Australian kids, they came to Albuquerque. Did they look around and say, this is the place? I'm home? They literally looked around and went, at least there's no spiders that will kill me. Well, that might be uh, it. All right. So Patty Mills. Oh. Okay. Joe Ingalls. Okay. Dante Exum. And uh, Josh Green. Jay Green's oh, brother. Then- I don't even tell he's starting. Never mind, never mind not being the best player. I mean, are they running an all-guard lineup? <laughs> okay, those Patty Mills is older, too, though. That's an old Australian team. Yeah. The Boomers are kind of veterans. Uh, to, veterans plus, They've plus, got plus. savvy. Veterans. Um, one to ask about this. Daryl Morey uh, of the Sixers. So, I don't know if this is true. And yet, I started to think about this. I'm like, well, maybe he's right because there's a lot of bad teams. Maury comes out about Ben Simmons and says 25, I really think 25 or 26 teams in this league would love to be in our situation, meaning the Sixers, with an MVP caliber, top player and all-star, near all-star, great young players who are signed for the long-term, uh, good veterans. Um, now, I don't know if he's saying 25 or 26 would want Ben Simmons, but let's say he was ins- insinuating, that in su- insinuating that in some small portion. Do 25 or 26 teams want Ben Simmons? Like, right away I said no, but then I'm thinking there's a lot of bad teams. Like, he still has a skill set I mean, that can, again, he still has a skill set that is very good in parts. So I'm like, there are some really bad teams in that league. I don't know if 26 would want him, but after the playoffs, I think people would say, oh, who wants that guy? A lot of people would still want Ben Simmons. I mean, I think you put him on Sacramento right now. Yeah, oh, there's teams that, you know— Luke Walton doesn't want him in the lineup, given what is he Luke already Walton has. Luke still the coach? I think he's still the coach. I don't think okay. they bounced him yet. All right. Sorry. I thought there was an investigate, an ongoing investigation. <laughs> now, that might be true also, but I, I think the investigation has not been closed. But uh, um, I, I think Luke's, Luke's still there. So, yeah, again, yeah. 25 to 26 teams. I don't know if it's that many. I'd say in the 20s, though. 
Like, name me like teams that, you know, look, there are obvious teams, some still around and playing that would say, we don't really need him. Uh, we Look what? what we've done without him. But there's a lot of teams either lost in the first round or didn't make the playoffs at all who would want Ben Simmons. I, mean, I know how he looked in the playoffs, but come on. You're going from, you know, this skill set to, like, no one in the league wants him. That's, that's, I that's mean, nonsense. automatically my brain goes Wizards and Magic, Sacramento, mostly just because then they would all have a player I've heard of. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. You would suddenly have a player whose jersey's in the top. Yeah, whose jersey would be sold with your with your logo on it. Right. That's basically those, but those are I, but few and far between. Like, I guess maybe the Cavs would want him. Like, I'm trying to think. Of these oh, there's teams. a lot of teams that would take his skill set right now. It's just that he was on the world stage and was really bad and looked with no confidence at all, passing up dunks where Joel Embiid has to call him out after a game. That looks really, really bad. But when you take a step back and you look at some of how bad these NBA rosters are, he would he would be but, fine and be a re- he'd be put it this way he'd be the best player on a lot of those teams. Exactly. Never mind, but like oh, we'll take Ben Simmons. But it's also why would you want that? You're trying if you're an NBA team that has a bad roster and you're trying to get better, you want to stay a bad roster until you have accumulated enough assets well, to become a good roster. And all Ben Simmons does is, what, add eight wins so that you're no longer a lottery team? You're now middle of the road instead of competing for a, a, a top pick? Maybe the best team for him would be OKC because they, 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 they already got all the picks. They, they could take him, and then they just have all the picks anyway. So they could take a player like call, that and say, we're going to get better anyway because we have all the picks. Call call the 76ers and just go, uh, okay, give us a first-round pick. We'll take Ben Simmons. <laughs> exactly. Give us one of your 42. I don't know if I believe this. Bruce Bowen said Popovich would trade anyone on the Spurs roster for Ben Simmons. Let me tell you the two best players, DeMar DeRozan and DeJounte Murray. Would you trade either of those for Ben Simmons? No. You're trading DeMar DeRozan for Ben Simmons? I'm not sure if nope. I'm doing that. I'm not. I'm not doing Bruce that. Bruce Bowen said Popovich would trade anyone on the roster. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I don't know if I believe that. I, I don't at all believe that. I think I – think I think Ben Simmons could have a career resurgence with Popovich. Like, I think that would be probably his best option is to go to the Spurs and like, hey, man, you're going to pass. You are going to pass the ball. You're good at passing. He's We're very going good at passing. to have you pass. He's very good at passing. I don't know if I believe he would trade anyone on that roster for Ben Simmons. I do think a lot of teams would want him, though. Uh, tonight, game four, MRI shows uh, Trey Young has a bone bruise in his foot. He is questionable, uh, according uh, for John Collins. That's the head of our snake. That's the last thing I feel like anybody who's a Hawk supporter wants to see is that dude coming down with any sort of knickknack or whatever it is. I think he stepped on the official's foot or somebody's foot. That's the uh, last thing I want to see. I hate to see it, and just hoping, praying he's going to be okay. Trey Young said yesterday um, that he sprained his ankle. It's a bro- bone bruise on the foot. I think. He came back. He wasn't any good when he came back, but that's most adrenal- mostly adrenaline getting him back. Um, but yesterday when the swelling starts, then, like I was talking to my kid last night, he's like, well, he'll be fine. I go, well, the next day is when you really find out. Like, you can go back and adrenaline, you'll, the, whatever they do behind closed doors, they shoot you up, they, they wrap the ankle, and they, like, go on out. But the next day when the tape is off and everything, that's when you're really hurt. So if he can't go, that's not good. This just in. Yeah, no, and that's also... And I, I am I'm kind of curious about this, but I also need to kind of recuse myself as a Bucks fan. But is this how you want to make the finals? 
This feels like it's just it's sort of I know like, one thing. That's how everyone. the Bucks coach wants to make it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's like, he might right. be fired if he doesn't make the finals. The Nets, everybody gets hurt. James Harden's yeah. just wandering the court for 46 minutes, confused. And then immediately the next, like, you you play this this hot team that is just, like, firing on all cylinders. Their best player rolls his ankle on the ref. Yeah, like, that's, well, and I, I don't know uh, what thing, Collins it, was watching, but there was no one within 50 feet of this guy other than the ref. So it's like, yeah, he goes, I think he might have done that. No, he did. It, well, it'd be one thing if they were out there like Draymond Green, like accidentally throwing their legs and hitting people in the um, in the gentleman's region. No, it's they people are just coming down weird next to them. You're a Bucks fan. You will not care because I had to deal with this with the Dodgers and the condensed season. It wasn't really a season. They won the World Series, whatever. You're a Bucks fan. Asterisk. Okay. There you go. You're way ahead of me. <laughs> F for you, by the way. Um, F for you? F for you. F, you. Uh, F, <laughs> F for you, not uh, the uh, other way. Do you consider an asterisk or do you care? I don't care. Just win the title. Because um, I didn't care what the Dodgers were like. Yeah, just get the rings. I don't really. I don't care what you think. Just, just get there, please. Yeah. Just, just show me some. Like, show me some life. You don't even have to. Like next year, go, go to tanking. Trade, fire. Go full Miami Marlins fire sale. You could trade. You could trade Giannis, and I would go. I would go. Well, thank trade you for, for Ben Simmons. Thank you for your service, sir. We are good for the next forty-five more years because. The Bucks, win it. the Bucks are so inane and so inept. Like they were so many years when we said not, and this is before I knew you were a Bucks fan. It might have been before you and I knew each other that I, it's, I always said that's the last team you ever want to be because you're just in purgatory. Yes. You're always picking 14th. You never get the good player. I don't know what free agents want to go to Milwaukee. It's Greg I Monroe. Mean, yeah, it was like every year it's like, yeah, just don't be Milwaukee. Like suck and just be horrible for three or four years and build it or be the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, our, I mean, yeah. spend a ton of money. Or find someone, if you're the Lakers, find someone like the Cavs to trade you uh, the first overall pick and to go get worthy while you have uh, <laughs> Kareem and Magic. Yes, exactly. All right, well, we'll see if he plays tonight. Trey Young, he's going to play. I mean, he's, he's going to give gonna it a play, go. I don't know. But it's gonna be... who, who knows how good he'll be, but he'll play. Uh, Bone Bruise, I don't think, keeps him out of the uh I just don't want to get finals. swept by the Suns. <laughs> like, you mean I, the Clippers? Well, I, if if Kawhi's knee suddenly go go gadgets its way back into functionality, I would be okay losing to the Clippers. If it it's if the Bucks get swept by the Suns, I don't even know what to do with that. You know what we will do? Just for Tyler coming back, we're talking soccer. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Mike Grimala at 9.30 Unity Football. Kids also playing guitar and singing online. And I think he wrote something for a comic book. Uh, I want to get into that. He wrote some kind of story. I'm pretty uh, pretty impressed. I don't, he wrote some story that he got published in. So we got to ask him about that. Uh, wow. Might be might be a non-food food, uh I mean, we're still going to come back with the Mike Gramala, which, by the way, yes. I need I need to create a new one of those. But on Gramala, yeah, I need to. We but he sometimes the stories are just too sad. Like he doesn't put condiments on his food. Gramala is like the most interesting man in the world. Commercial. He's like a no, guitarist. That's, that's he's a what the singer. he's a yeah, Gramala. He's a we mo- only the imaging is just for the food though. Right. 
And yes. so, like, yeah, he plays guitar, but doesn't like ketchup. <laughs> uh, this is just for Bischoff. Ah, uh, oh, what a disaster with France. The world champions gets knocked out in the 16th stage of year 2020. They lose uh, on uh, on penalties, uh, 3-3 draw with um, Switzerland. You, what a disaster. Did you see, and I was trying to find it so I could slip it into the rundown, the, the someone had made like a super cut of one fan when France is losing, I want to say 3-1, or maybe it was, no, yeah, it was 3-1, and he has just got his head in his hands, and he's screaming It's a disaster hands, with these people. And he is, like, he looks like he's just, like, lost everything. And then they cut to the same fan, 3-3. He's not wearing a shirt. Yes. He's screaming at What's, the top of his lungs, uh, and he's just, like, The looking, soccer people like, with the no like, shirts and stuff, it, it gets to a certain weird level. Well, you don't have a, you either can do a chant, are you or like, you take like, off your shirt like a lunatic? How how else are you affecting the game? I mean, you're really not affecting the game at all, right. as you know we've seen in the last year of playing games without fans. It's it's a very negligible difference. Yes, except maybe T-Mobile, but it's all right. I, my team needs something. I'm taking off my shirt. <laughs> Let's just do that. <laughs> like that's uh, all I got. I I there was one you'll you'll love this uh, before we get to Killian uh, Mbappe missing the penalty. Um, college, Marshall Falk. We had shirts that now we said F A U L K Falk U. Okay. When we went to UCLA to you know cheer on the team when Marshall Falk was like the one time you know San Diego State was going to beat UCLA. At halftime, our shirts were off because it was like thirty to nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Falk, you, you know, you take the shirt off, you kind of uh, put it in the back of your shorts. And say, I don't know what that shirt said. I, I, I don't spill, know what you're I talking about. Beer. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking beer. about. We spilled six people, six guys here, six idiots who came up here and were drinking in the parking lot, spilled our beer when we got in the stadium because it was thirty to nothing. UCLA, Killian Mbappe. At least you didn't do the one of my favorite. One of my favorite fan things I've ever seen in my life is a guy wearing, it was at a NFL London game, a guy wearing a Tom Brady jersey, took it off and put on a Blake Bortles one. Oh, I can't believe he had the Bortles with him. No, he went and bought it. And in oh, the stands, like. What a disaster. In the stands, he changed it. And it's just That's, like, <laughs> I'll give him the pass on because if he was a Brit, maybe he didn't understand who Brady was. And he was supposed to keep that one on no matter how Brady was playing. Yeah. It's like, nope, oh, this Bortles guy so, looks good. This Bortles guy. Uh, so Killian uh, Mbappe uh, misses the penalty, and they lo- uh, they lose in penalties three three with uh, in normal time, but they lose to um, Switzerland. The world champions are out. Uh, so there's our soccer take. Uh, total choke job, uh, and apparently all the uh, the teammates are saying, "Hey, no one's angry with them." This I'll tell you this: soccer's changed in the sense that a while ago, this guy misses the penalty. I don't know if I'm going home without security. I know, I know he's one of the best players I mean, in the world, and he's on the world champions, but you still missed a big kick. I mean, if you played for certain South American teams well, that's in the right. 80s. Exactly. No, I, you wouldn't be going home. Well, you, you might be going home. It might not be. Uh, you stay wherever you just missed that You just stay on the pitch the entire time <laughs> yeah, and like have security surround you for the next 10 weeks. Uh, I wanted to ask you about this. Speaking of the NFL, this was interesting. So uh, Tottenham fans are considering protests at two NFL games um, that are going to be played at Tottenham in October. Uh, the Dolphins uh, get the uh, the Jets meet the Falcons on October 10th, and the Dolphins, what a shock, get Jacksonville uh, with their owner in, in London. Apparently, though, they're going to protest these two games. Uh, they're upset with management. Uh, they're upset with uh, the uh, management's role in the doomed Euro Super League, uh, the breakaway attempt, and 
uh, they are not happy. So doesn't it make sense, though, that that Brits and Euros would take an NFL game because of the interest in it and the magnitude of the NFL coming to Tottenham, which, by the way, I was at Tottenham for uh, the Raiders game. Forget about it. Incredible. Just an incredible stadium that they would take this time to do their uh, protesting instead of instead of like a soccer match. I mean, that's that's exactly. Yeah, because it, they also still want to go to the, the soccer match. So yeah. like that, it's sort of this. <laughs> like they don't. <laughs> exactly. This, they can at least pick it outside. And nobody really cares because well, the other football, and they're like, oh, we well, don't really care about that. I mean, ESPN's going to be there. Like, there's going to be enough international reporters on the ground because it is a NFL game. Like, you might get, what, uh, you might get Canadian broadcast news, the people there. You might get Sports Network. Like, you might, you're going to get an international contingent because it's the NFL out in front of the stadium Hey, we got three minutes to kill on our broadcast. Why don't we talk to these protesters? That's gonna that's going to be a larger news story than yeah, Sky News covered it outside the Tottenham game. But here are the highlights right. from the Tottenham game. Right. It's a good place to protest. It's a I'll give that's you that. a that's a great time to protest. If we've learned anything, protest during NFL games. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, for many times, uh more of our soccer takes. I get uh you see this Lionel Messi scores twice. I know you're excited about this. Argentina uh overruns Bolivia in the Copa. So, that, I mean, if Bischoff was here, he wouldn't have to say anything. We wouldn't even allow him to talk at this point because we've got uh, Mbappe missing the penalty and one of his favorite players, Lionel Messi, scoring twice for Argentina. So, is this our, is, our, our have we like reached our point here? We, we've, we've done our job. Well, the one thing that I will always say about how to, all right. So, I haven't, I, I didn't actually catch him. I saw that he missed the, uh, the, the penalty. Yeah. The penalty. How did he miss it? That's that's my biggest question because I didn't actually uh, get to see it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go come on here and just be like, how do you miss that? It was a good read by the keeper, but he went right and it wasn't even close. The keeper guessed right and it was I mean right into it. You know what he you know what Mbappe did yesterday? He shot at Flurry, but right in the chest. Like okay. he, he, it was a bad hockey shot. Where it's like, of course he's gonna save that. Like it was like he read it so early for that skilled a player. Yeah, I mean look. Penalties are you choose a side, and if the guy guesses right, you're probably not going to so, get it. Well, but that's that's. But not, it was too low a shot. I thought. I I, I thought that's my <sighs> follow up to it is like he didn't go did top shelf. They did a you study. Go top shelf. They did a study where if you shoot it straight down the center, about fifty six percent of the time you're going to score because the well, goalie, he's going to guess. He's going to try to guess. guess yeah, left or right, exactly. and so you're you either hit him because he has he guessed too late and right. you hit him in the shins. Or he dives completely out of the way yeah. and it rolls in. I would if, like you know not to Francis become has... not to become Bischoff over here. I just have all my players to hit it straight because that's a better that's a better shot on goal percentage than anyone in soccer. You know what France has to do is they have to go sign Cole Caulfield because that guy goes top shelf. If I if I'm France right now, the world champion, I've been knocked out of uh, Euro 2020 in the 16. I'm like, we got to get that Caulfield guy in the team. This Mbappe guy, he, he can't shoot the shoot the shoot the soccer ball. He can't kick the soccer ball. It's terrible yesterday. You should have seen Twitter blow up about this France World Champs out in the 16. Disaster. Didn't, didn't the internet also go nuts when Germany in the World Cup oh, like, yeah. lost because yeah. they were like, they're the best technical Disaster. players oh, in the world. I hear more like, about German technical players. I'm tur- I'm turning it off. That's all you hear about them. And it's just like, yeah, but then they always get like, well, okay, but this team's fast. Yeah. Like you, you can be as technically sound as be you as want. technically sound as you want. Henry Ruggs is on the other team. You have no chance. Yeah, he just ran past your technically yeah. sound <laughs> defenseman. When we come back, the one and only Mike Ramalla.
Oh, there's nothing like him. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Ramala. Mike Ramala from Las Vegas uncovers the UNLV Sports and the Raiders and is a music star as well. So bring us through this. Uh, very talented. Don't know what you're singing. Don't know, but, but I'll preface it with this. You might know this. I know nothing about songs or music or band, so you could be singing like Led Zeppelin at this point. I don't know what the hell you're singing. So uh, bring us through this and, and, and how you got to the point of, I'm going to put this on Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, that's Jewel. Do you, you don't know Jewel? I, you, oh, I'll say this because I used to live in San Diego. I think she lived out of her car there. She did, very very famously. I, Ed, I picture you like <laughs> 1996, you're at the Lilith Fair. <laughs> He's at the like, Lilith Fair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was Jewel. Yeah, she hasn't yeah, had many was, hits. She hasn't had many hits lately. Is that one of the old ones? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's one of the old ones. Well, I mean, isn't she? She's dating Charlie Whitehurst, right? Like she's dating Clipboard Jesus. I kind, I kind of lost track of Jewel, uh, but I. That's again, being in San Diego, I would read stories about how this up and coming artist was living in a car, and uh, then she had a few good songs. So, uh, you a fan, or how, why did you pick this one to go out on Twitter with? <laughs> um, I don't know. I was just, I was learning it on the guitar, and then I figured, you know, let's see, let's just sing along to it, and then I was like, you know what? It sounds pretty good. Yeah. To me. No. Hey. You know, I get I get some good acoustics in here. Yeah. Um, the lighting was good. I said, <laughs> people need to be aware of what I'm creating right now, <laughs> and this whole vibe. So, yeah. So the record, I hit record, and there you go. Man, it's, no, it's uh, terrific. I, it, oh, thank, thank you. No, I wasn't fishing for that at all. No, it was thank you very great. Much. Yeah, it was actually surprisingly <laughs> good. Yeah. No, it was very good. Very good. Uh, who's very good on UNLV football? <laughs> Uh, we read your transition story in terms of uh, looking forward to 2021 transition on the press box for quarterback. It appears that, uh, and you can bring people to date, he's going to go in with the returners. They might like the freshmen, but uh, they need to make a decision pretty quick. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen with that, that quarterback situation. I assumed that Cameron Friel, who is the, the freshman you're talking about, I assumed yep. that it was going to be a closer competition um, because, you know, he wasn't early in Roley. He went through spring. But, um, you know, the way Arroyo made it sound when I talked to him was that, you know, those two returners are, you know, sort of separated ahead of Freel, and Freel's got a way to go, and he's still got stuff to learn, which uh, is, is true since he's a freshman. But I thought it would be a little bit closer after the spring, but I, I don't know how that's going to shake out. They've, it's going to be one of those three guys, though, according to Arroyo. So the general, I mean, at least the vibe, or what I see on Twitter is uh, Brumfield has the arm and Rodgers has the legs. What have you seen? That it, is there any like edge you would give to either of those two? We didn't see a lot in the, in the spring in terms of what the media was allowed to, to watch. But we did see a little bit. What I saw personally when I was there, I would have given the edge slightly to Doug Brumfield just um, I thought he threw a better ball. I thought he, he hit receivers more accurately. Um, but we know that Arroyo wants someone that can pull the ball down and run and pick up first downs with his legs. So maybe that's what's keeping Rodgers uh, in the competition. Um, we're just gonna, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Training camp, it's going to be those two guys. We'll see if Friel can make a move and try and jump them from the third position. But I, I honestly don't know. And that's the biggest question for this team is who's going to play quarterback. And you've got three guys, and that could be either one of them. And 
we're, I don't think we're any closer to knowing than we were before, you know, spring football kicked off. What else uh, when people, well, I don't know if anyone's going to be allowed at uh, camp, but if they were allowed at camp, what else do you look for top two or three storylines going into camp beyond the quarterbacks to where this team might improve enough uh, to get uh, over that number that people are throwing around on them? Well, you said, when we started, you said, you know, who's good on UNLV football? Right. And I was thinking, like, the if you wanted to make, you know, a low-hanging joke, it's like their one good player last year was Jacoby Windman. The linebacker. So of course they change his position this year. <laughs> Take this one good player and let's move him somewhere else. But it's uh, the it, it, they've got some sound reasoning for it. He was their outside linebacker last year. He rushed the passer a lot, and made a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. He was really good, probably their best player last year, I would say. And they're moving him inside. They want him to play inside linebacker. Um, they want him more involved in all aspects of um, stopping the offense. They want him just to be in on more plays. And inside linebacker was a huge, huge black hole for this this team last year. They didn't have anyone that could do the job. Um, so it's sort of a necessity. They want their best player more involved. So it sort of makes sense from that from uh, that standpoint. And what Arroyo said was that they like his progress. So that's probably the, the biggest storyline on defense, I guess, for me, um, would be how is Winman going to handle that position change. And then you've got some, some of the transfers up front on the defensive line. Can they give – um, a little support up front. So that's what I would be looking at the defense because that's where they really need to make the most strides. Uh want to ask you also about, before we get into uh, beyond the uh, the guitar, you've got something else going. But first, you're writing a lot of updates on Kevin Kruger's team, uh, the off-season conditioning and workouts you're going through each guy. Are you, be, are you able to pick up anything at this point in terms of what he thinks about them? I know it's off-season. They have a long way to go. But there's so many new faces now. Is there any way to gauge how that's going? It's tough because the transfers that they're bringing in, usually you're bringing in transfers and you're like, okay, we know what this guy's going to bring because he's been doing it at the college level. But a, a good amount of the, the experienced players that they're, they're bringing in this year did not play a lot at their previous schools. You know, Royce Ham, uh, Victor Awakor, um, guys like that just didn't get a lot of minutes. So while you can see flashes like Uwakor uh, is, you know, he can play defense. He can, he's mobile. He can defend multiple positions. And Royce Ham is... He's a solid rebounder, and he, he can play defense down low, but it's just they haven't done it very much. So it's, you're still, even though they're experienced transfers with multiple years of Division One experience, you still got to do a, a fair amount of projecting of, of what they can provide. From what I've seen, if you wanted like the general gist of it, it's defensive-minded. He, mm-hmm. he wants, I think Kruger wants to build a team that can play defense, that can switch on defense, guys that aren't just going to get blown by off the dribble, um, play after play after play, which is what we saw last year. Um, I think that's probably the first building block they're looking for is we want a team that can get stops when we need them. And then around that, you're built, you're looking for guards that can shoot uh, off the dribble, guards that can run a pick and roll. I think that's what the team is probably going to look like in its you know most base form. Do you believe the message was now, the message could have been nothing because he could have gone and, and put his uh, toes in the water and the pros just said, you're just not ready, you got to go back. But if there was any sense that he might leave, was the message in your mind to Bryce Hamilton, we'll run everything through you, you're the guy, you'll do this? And and if that was the message, is that a good message for Bryce Hamilton? I think the message was, you know, sort of um, similar to what it was with the, the rest of Like, there's a spot waiting for you. I don't think you, the coaches will have to come out and say, hey, you're going to be an offensive focal point. I think Bryce Hamilton knows that. Um, he knows what he can bring to the table. I think Kruger's going to ask him to do some stuff that's different than what maybe Bryce Hamilton got used to the last two years when he had his breakout. Um, 
I think that you know his offensive role is still going to be pretty big. I think they're going to ask him to defend more. I think they're going to want him to rebound the ball more, which is you know something we've seen from him in flashes. He can be a good defensive rebounder. Um, I'm not sure that this offense – I don't think it's going to be a heliocentric offense where it's like, hey, Bryce, um, if you come back for one more year, we'll let you be James Harden on the Rockets and just run every play and shoot every shot and make it – like, I don't think it's going to be like that. I think they'll ask him to be a part of the offense, a big part, someone who's going to shoot a lot and, you know, get, have a chance to get his points. But I, I don't think they're going to hand over the keys to him entirely and ask him to do everything so like he did last year. All right, uh, forget about sports. I love the music. Uh, Jewel, I'll have to go back and look at that song, maybe get it for the iPod for the run. But let's get into this. You are now, uh, you do a terrific job as a writer for the paper, but you are now an author, and what I'm seeing is a mystery magazine, Hillary Queen uh, Mystery Magazine, and you were in this. Uh, it appears on the front, the Beware of Night, Joyce Carol Oates, uh, Richard Dooley, I, I don't know if those are writers. Take me through this. I, I'm i applauding you right off the top because I don't think people realize, uh, well, everything that entails to be a good writer, but how, how often you have to do it and how hard it is to get published and all that. It's, very, it's a very difficult thing. I, I give mad respect and props to people who are published like this. So how did you come about this to be in this magazine? Where can they get it? And do, have you written mystery in the past? Like, what is this about? Uh, oh, first of all, thank you. And, uh, Yes, for my, my, my rejoin for the show now, I would like to be yes. referred to as published author. Yes, we'll, but, be, we'll uh, work on that right away. Thank you. Um, and then He's afraid uh, of mayonnaise, no, just, but he's a published author. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, I've been, uh, no, you know, like a lot, I think it's uh, pretty common for journalists who have an interest in, you know, fiction and, mm-hmm. you know, other aspects of writing. So, um, no, it's just something I've always been interested in, and I've, I did it on my own time, and, you know, I'm working at it, and just, you know, I would say really in the last couple of years, I thought I was getting good enough to maybe like try to get something published. Right. And that magazine is, it's a well-renowned magazine. It's I've subscribed to it for a long time. Um, Cause I do enjoy mysteries and short mysteries. Uh, so, and they, so I just started writing. I sent in a few submissions, got a few rejections. Then this one, they finally accepted, which was, I think right around the start of the new year. And then it just came out this past month. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. So no, you um, sh- you should be. I mean, where can they get it? I'm. I mean, I, I I'm going to go pick oh. up a copy. But where where can this be found in Vegas? I saw it at Barnes and Noble. The oh, one beautiful in uh, in Henderson and Stephanie Street. But I think Barnes and Noble carries it. Um, if you can get it on you know Amazon, pretty anywhere you can get books. You know, if they sell like magazines and stuff, you can probably find it or get that or you know ask them to to stock it for you. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I've, I've officially hit the big time, I think. No, it's terrific, and it's hard to do. Uh, it's, it's really hard to do, as we both know, in terms of whether it's getting published or writing anything beyond, you know, going to a game, and that's not easy to do either. So uh, I'm really happy for you. You, I know you've got something on this. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, when, when does he get his like uh, his Netflix deal so about the, uh, the guy who's a coach by day, but he solves crimes? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to get you an agent. I, I, I currently don't have an agent, but if there's someone out there in the entertainment industry that wants to rep me and maybe pitch this around, you know, I'm available. Give me a call. Okay. You can get my number from the from the station. Now Jared, this, you can take care of that. Thank you. This, no is the, this is the ultimate test. You get an agent, and Netflix loves your mystery, and they're like, you know what, we need a new series because, you know, uh, Ozark's are about to go off, and, you know, he, he's they've written the last uh, episodes of that. Uh, but... To do that, you must do kind of this banquet tour with all the executives, 
And you must eat everything they give you, no matter what it is, just to have like a three-part series on Netflix with your mystery. You know what? Banquets don't tend to not get too exotic with their food. Like if, you're, if I'm going to a banquet, it's going to be like serving tray steak or like chicken. some kind of baked serving chicken. Tray steak. Yes. Like, I can do that. I can swallow that if, in exchange for stardom. Okay. <laughs> is there anything you would not swallow? In, uh, uh, we're off the trails for, for stardom. Uh, uh, condiments. No condiments. That's, wow. that's, a, that's a rider in my contract for sure. Wow. No condiments in the dressing room. No condiments <laughs> anywhere near me. Okay, hold on. That wait, was wait, amazing. Wait, wait, wait. All, right, all right, last thing from me, and then I will let Ed oh. handle the rest of the interview. God. You're in, in your... <laughs> in your next story, you have to describe someone putting, like, mustard on a hot dog. How do you do that if you've never... If you're like you, you, you don't use condiments. Oh man, you know what? I would probably. Oh, I. I don't know. I'd probably <laughs> kill off that character right before they take their first bite. Man, That's the so John good. Grisham of mystery won't even eat mayonnaise. Get to Barnes yeah. and Noble. It's the Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine this month's edition. Micro Mall is in it with his mystery story, and uh, we're proud of him. I was just going to be proud of you for the Jewel song, but you know, and then I had to bring up the magazine. I'm really proud of you. So great job, and we appreciate the time. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Take care, so. Thank you. That's awesome. The kid's published now. I, 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 well, the, can this kid even show up to UNLV anymore? He's way above this now. You become a published well, author. I mean, Your stuff's in Barnes & Noble? How is this kid even going to be motivated to cover the Eastern Washington game? Well, but I mean, I think that's also that's also the benefit of covering UNLV is that you got a lot of time in order to work on yourself. You mean in the bowl season? No. Well, oh. Yeah, you got a lot of, yeah. you like. Well, the bowl didn't say tournament season. Yeah, once March hits, you're, you're done. Now. Kid covered women's volleyball. You'd go into the regionals. Wouldn't have much time to write mysteries, I'll tell you that. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Ramal. We are proud of him. He's a, a man of the world. We'll, we will close it out. We've got a voicemail coming back. Our buddy Mike. Whoa, pump the brakes, guys. Do we want a world in which three or four people like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Andre Vasilevsky can get together and say, hey, let's go win a Stanley Cup somewhere. We don't care about salaries because the owner doesn't care about salaries. Then you've got an NBA where nobody in the division with the Nets gives two hoots about what happens because they know they can't win unless there's a series of injuries. So I don't know if that's a world you want to create. There's got to be a better way. Thanks. Our resident's voicemail, resident voicemail, Mike. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate the support and your calls. <laughs> It's my email back to people who don't like the column. Thank you for reading. We appreciate your support. Yes! Yes, we want all-star teams. Yes, I want to see a line of somehow get McDavid and Kucherov and Matthews and throw in someone else, throw Stone in there. Yes! Yes, I want a team where Stone's like the fourth line forward. I want a team that good. The best player in the Golden Knights has to go to the fourth line because the team's so good in front of them. Yes, I, I want that. I also want it to be like you have to – like don't own a team if you're not going to make them like – if you're not going to make them competitive, don't own a team because the Oakland, yes. like, like you have you mean to mean Las Vegas A's. <laughs> sure. But no, what I was going to like, what it is, is like, yeah, you, you have teams now in the NBA, which also has a salary cap that are just like, yeah, we're just not going to be competitive. We're, we're, we're just well, going to Milwaukee exist. Bucks for years. Yes. We're just going to exist. The Pacers are in now yes. in that purgatory yes. where they're like, we're just going to exist. 
They're about to hire Penny as the coach. You're really going to exist If you there. look at baseball, baseball is the, the, the sport that has no salary cap and has you, genuinely, we had the Royals, the Cubs, um, who, the uh, the Red Sox. Astros. The, oh, yeah, the Astros, the Red Sox, uh, the Nationals, the yeah. Dodgers. Like, we had a bunch of random teams. If you weren't the Giants in, like, 2012, 2012. If you weren't the Giants when they won it every even, even year, year for, like, 19 years, yes. Yeah, it was always a different team, always with a different yeah. payroll. And it was because that can happen because the owner decides, okay, I want to win this year. I would tell Mike that as a the, as the uh, show's resident Dodger fan, if his premise was true, Kershaw would have eight rings instead of one. Think yeah. about that. I mean, he, he definitely would have like two or three. They've won like eight straight division titles, nine, whatever. They definitely would have, if if that's the truth, then Kershaw would have like three or four rings. He would not just have one from a condensed season. I, so, no, the best team well, doesn't always win. It's also, think about those Heat those heat teams. They genuinely lost. The, the, it was Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh with a sprinkling of Ray Allen right. and like other former All-Stars. And they lost to Dirk and J.J. Barea and basically the skeleton of Tim Duncan passing the ball to Mano Ginobili. Yeah. Like, it's it's a— it, And a Kawhi Leonard who was like three years in the league. Yeah. Who wasn't and Kawhi Leonard of today. Who couldn't take jump shots. Who couldn't take jump shots. It's—I it's, I don't know. I just—I don't ever want to—why do we limit what people can spend? Jerry Jones sued the league so that he could spend more money, and they still are like— Whoa, Jerry. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense that there would be anyone in favor of, hey, don't spend your money. So we we want that, Mike. We want all-star games. Real quick, I want to ask you about this because I thought you'd like this story. Um, the 60-year-old uh, Gwen Goldman, 60 years old, uh, served as a uh, Batgirl for the Yankees. Um, yesterday, I believe, when she was 10, she wrote a letter to the Yankees, and they pretty much said, Girls do not apply. You cannot be a Batgirl. So Cashman brought her back yesterday as the Batgirl for the Yankees. I thought was that was awesome. It was very good. It was, she might be 70. six-year-old dream. I think she's 70. Uh, but that was awesome. So what's your dream, Jared? What is your dream for having the Yankees written back to you saying, this is not, this is not up your alley. You cannot do this. I mean, unfortunately, I'm kind of doing it. Like, that's sort of the – that's like aim low. You can make it. No, I want to do sports radio in Las Vegas. I love this town. Uh, I love this town, and I liked. Uh, I, I wanted to do sports radio. So this is. I'm, I'm sort of living my dream, except for the you know the parts of it where I have to come up with promos and commercials, and I'm like, I don't know how to sell this, and I'm not really supposed to talk. I'm I'm, I'm supposed to be the guy that comes up with the spelling bee, not the guy that's actually like. Let me go ahead and uh, break down why the goal line fade to uh, Brian Edwards is not going to be an efficient weapon for the Raiders. Like, that's not me. I'm jazz hands. Uh, well, um, this was Ron Hamey in 1961 to her. While we agree with you, girls are capable as boys, and no doubt would be an attractive addition to the playing field. Oh, me too, back in 61. I'm sure you can understand this is a game dominated by men. A young lady such as yourself would feel out of place in a dugout. Oh, 1961, Ron Hamey, thanks for checking in. I, How about I, that? Well, okay, well, the biggest thing is, looking at a picture of her, I'm like, 
I think she's she looks spry. Like I think she, she looks seventy. I'll tell yeah, you that. Like I is think she's seventy she, or sixty. I don't know. How old she she looked pretty good yesterday. No, she's seventy. He's standing there for the anthem, old, ready to go and yeah, shag she, some balls. Yeah. So like, as long as you're physically capable, who cares? That's you know my dream. It will happen. Um, Beat up Ricky Schroeder. No. <laughs> Lake, Owner Ranch. Lake House in the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. It'll eventually happen. Asheville, North Carolina, you care about global warming? That's the place to be. Do some research. Do some research on Asheville, Jesus North Carolina. <laughs> global warming will not hit that place. Not going to be 110 in, in February. I'm headed to Asheville, the, the mountains of Asheville. People love that here. They all get rid of me. See you later.